You know, if anybody's watching and got a little excited, we're not actually talking about like nitty gritty, down and down. Yeah, we ain't talking about that. But we're gonna talk about you know normalizing the conversation around sex and you know what sex kind of means to us and and I guess empowering other people to define what it means to them emotionally. So. I guess I'll start, right? Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to start. I'll just talk about, like, I guess, growing up in a Christian home, which, you know, it's nothing wrong with that. But I think my parents approached sex from a very reserved place, which didn't equip me and prepare me to be having sex, right? So my mom, she definitely taught me, like, the biological stuff. Like, she wanted me to know what my parts were and that nobody should touch on them, all of that. Um, but beyond that, I don't remember having a conversation about, like, when you should have sex and why you should have sex and protecting yourself. And I don't even remember having that conversation at school. And so when I did start having sex, I was learning that and navigating that all on my own with, like, the help of my friends, which... <laughs> Not was so not very helpful <laughs> you know so my experience with sex was like an experiment you know and i think for all of us it kind of is because no matter how much you talk about it and no matter how much you are taught about it you don't know until you know um but emotionally i think it caused damage not being like kind of emotionally equipped for it i don't know what you guys experience was like because of course you have different parents, so. Yeah, so I think, so we grew up in like a dual faith kind of um, experience. So our, the predominant home we were raised in was agnostic. And then everywhere else in our life was Christian. Uh, Christian. So everywhere else, I think it was a very condemning experience. Don't do it. Um, if you're caught in your sin, you'll be caught on the other side of heaven type of thing. Um, it's purity culture, toxic purity culture. And then in the home that we were raised in, it was um, our dad really took the time to educate us on it. I think because he was raised in the environment that yeah. you were raised in. So I think he wanted to give us the opposite experience. So he started having the conversation with us really early. Like I think I was six, he was like eight or something like that because he didn't want us to get educated by our friends and by our peers. And it was the kind of education that was, um, this is the consequences of sex. Like, if you have sex, these are the consequences. However, it is a normal thing. You have these natural desires when you're around this age. And it's normal for you to participate. Just be selective. Protect yourself. So, I know I definitely felt very empowered in the sense that it's my choice. I'm going to do it if I want to. I... Um, I think we grew up in a very affirming, loving home. So in terms of 
in terms of my father at least um i didn't feel like i lacked validation so i know when i made the decision to do it it was because i wanted to not because i felt pressured or i was trying to fill a avoid mm. anything like that and that's important too that's really important that we're gonna get back mm -hmm. on you want to add anything about your i guess child education yeah, um, Chelsea and I's education was very similar. So my mom was really like, just don't do it. And then my dad was like, you know, it is a choice. Um, our personalities are different, so I think that I didn't benefit from my dad's openness as much. And I think that has to do with the church environment because talking about sex wasn't normal. It, it was, was uncomfortable. Yeah, it was very uncomfortable for me. So I kind of shut down the conversation very quickly. So I don't think I got to benefit due to my own self. And I would say that that's from not feeling like it's something that I should be talking about from my schooling environment and my, yeah. mom, um, my mom's side, well, or the Seventh-day Adventist side, the Christian side. Yeah, so now, you know, we're adults. We've all had sex. Selena and I have children to show for it. So we we got to pretend even if we wanted to. But now I kind of feel like, especially where we are at, you know, um, I guess in in our cultural evolution, like we're becoming a more liberated society. You know, and so I think it's really important now to make talking about sex normal, like it not being that uncomfortable conversation, whether it's with a child or um, as adults sitting around the table talking about sex. You know, of course, if it's children, you make it age appropriate, of course. Yes. Um, but I want to talk about more, more so like how we... How do we define sex? What does sex mean to us now as adults? You know, um, so when I was young and first became sexually active, it was very much an act that I did to please, you know, the guy. Um, I don't remember actually like enjoying sex until I was definitely in my 20s. You know, um, not saying that I didn't enjoy it at all. Like it wasn't a terrible experience, but I didn't think that it was meant for me to enjoy. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I remember being told as a child that sex was for reproduction. So it wasn't supposed to be like a pleasure thing. So I think part of me subconsciously, I was like, I shouldn't be enjoying this. You I know, I feel like the angels were watching me or something there. And it's funny, like, I'm glad I have a fucking I feel like I did something wrong, but I wouldn't say I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, I don't remember really enjoying it, and I think it might have been, like, a mental barrier. Yes. I, I actually just read a quote that said, um, on this app that I just downloaded, it said that sex is more neuro neurological than it is biological for women for women definitely and and i can attest to that you know now that i'm I mean, older, you can have orgasm in your dream obviously it's mental right? <laughs> this is true this is true <laughs> and you guys like, have orgasm i've had orgasm, I've had orgasm, orgasm in my dreams. Dreams. i don't know if i have shit <laughs> <laughs> i need to work on my dreams like what's happening 
shit. How am I missing out on this? So like mentally, I think I was blocked because I had somehow agreed to this idea that sex was for the pleasure of men, not for the pleasure of women. And so I was caught up on, am I pleasing him? And that was like basically my objective in having sex for a long time, mm -hmm. you know? And then my life experiences is that, you know, I got married, that didn't last long and so um here i was a mother you know i had three kids and i don't think i had ever really been sexually liberated like not saying that i had never enjoyed sex like of course by that time of my life i had enjoyed sex but i wasn't liberated it was still very much like okay i'm doing this to please my husband or you know whatever partner i had um post-divorce I think I went on this quest of like, <laughs> I want to enjoy sex. Like I want to, like I'm, I'm already got the kids. Like I want the pleasure that is yeah. supposed to come with this experience. Um, and then that was hard mentally too, because I was, you know, not married. So then you grow up in the type of homes that we grew up in or with those influences. Um, no matter how detached I am from the church, I still have this kind of like nagging feeling that I shouldn't be having sex because I'm not married, right? Even though I totally disagree with that, it is still like downloaded into my yeah, subconscious. Yeah, but when you get married, it's like that feeling doesn't go away. And that's how I just know it's wrong because yeah, now I'm married is supposed to be pure. Um, but you still feel I still guilty. Feel, yeah, I still feel like the angels are watching me and I'm doing something good. <laughs> but because that's something that go for reproduction. I actually but that's why I don't think it's just for reproduction. It's when not. I read my Bible, the Bible says that they knew each other. Yes. So I feel intimacy. like how I would intimacy. describe sex for myself is, yeah, that intimate getting closer to that person. You fully know mm -hmm. that person. It's funny because also in Colossians, it says, um, just sorry, I love the word new because it's the first time God ever mentioned physical intimacy as Adam knew his wife. But in Colossians, it says that when we knew the gospel and understood God's grace, then that's when we participated in like like understanding like a relationship of them. And the, the same word was used new because it's, it's intimacy. Yeah, and yeah. I'm glad you guys brought that up as well because. I think that we either get caught on one side of the, of the spectrum, like sex is for physical pleasure. So, so we, yeah. we're doing it because it feels good, because we like it. Um, or <clears throat> we're so emotionally attached to it, right? Sex mm -hmm. is for intimacy. And I think that there is room for sex to be for both. And it depends on you, the person, mm -hmm. And your situation. So, like, when I mentioned getting divorced, you know, um, 
this is kind of weird talking about this on camera. But anyway, like, you know, I had a partner after I, this is so awkward. Anyway, I had sex after I was divorced and it wasn't for either. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like a hundred percent. Oh my God, I just want to have sex because it feels good. And it wasn't, oh my God, I love you. And I want to spend my life with you. It was somewhere in the middle that I was like exploring this space of, you know, being physically intimate with someone without having this lifelong commitment that I was taught had to exist in order to have sex. Right. Um, and also I wasn't just doing it, um, totally, I guess, aimlessly, like I was intentional and I was selective with who I had sex with, but it wasn't like, it was neither. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a space that like, we have to normalize it being okay, mm -hmm. like to just have sex. Now that's for me, that's for me and my values. Somebody else might not be comfortable with just having sex to have sex. And Somebody I think I else might jump in because I know we're different in the way we value and view sex. And so for me, it's very interesting. So when I flew it full disclosure, I lost my virginity at sixteen and I made that decision personally, like the person that I lost it to was a gentleman who was like, Are you sure you wanna do it? I'm like, let's do it. Like we're here, like I'm ready. <laughs> let's do it. And I think that I've always been very comfortable with my kind of sexuality. I've always been more on the sensual side. So like I wanted to do it and I think in my late teens, early twenties, I really um, enjoyed in the committed relationships that I was in. Um, I really enjoyed it. I have diary entries to prove <laughs> it. <laughs> 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 um, but I really, <laughs> I really did enjoy it. But in that space though, in that space, I had actually was operating from in agnosticism like I had in the space where I really was just enjoying the physical intimacy it was I had to remove the element of God and religion out altogether because when God was in the picture because of the condemnation it was just too overwhelming to experience but in my late 20s I sex became such a very emotionally damaging experience not because of the partner that i was having it with but because of how i was relating it to my value and my station in god and so <clears throat> when i first started having sex it was i think in especially the part the well two of the partners that i I chose it was very in, intentional it was in a committed relationship where i felt safe the intimacy was there and i enjoyed it but as soon as i started to develop my relationship with god again and the external condemnation from the church and church culture and purity culture came in it definitely just changed the experience and it was just not fun i think it's important that you just basically shared a journey right mm -hmm. and i think that's important because we grow and we change and we're supposed to grow and change and as we journey sex is going to mean different things to us at different stages in our life you know um definitely um like i like i shared when i first started having sex it was all about validation like pleasing somebody else made me feel bad about myself you know and then when i was married it was 
it was definitely more about intimacy and an exchange of emotion um and then afterwards you know when i was divorced and kind of like finding my way navigating that space it was about having fun and and being free and and, and feeling liberated now i'm in a whole nother you know phase of my journey and i no longer have that desire to to just have casual sex um i don't think there's anything wrong with casual sex as long as it's consensual safe healthy and y'all enjoy it because nobody should be having sex that they don't enjoy let's <laughs> just say that but no i i know that that's not what i want and so i think it's important to 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 emphasize that like your view on sex for yourself can ebb and flow and and even in the context of marriage so because you, yeah, you your, your journey has gone with the different phases but you are in a consistent phase of i'm in the phase of being married and so how has sex evolved for you before you were married and now even in the group because you've been married for a couple of years like five six years now so, yeah, let's not get back into dates. Yeah, let's not get back into um, dates. Yes, I've been married for a minute. <laughs> Some years. But I was really appreciating when you was bringing out the fact that in marriage, that that um, root of it still being demonized or um, feeling like it's an impure activity didn't leave just because you was married. And I, yeah. I want you to cut further that. I think the church is traumatized in how they put this view on, and you can't just erase it. It's no. a traumatic experience that you carry with you for the rest of your life. It's like any other trauma, you have to heal it. Unlearn it, yeah. Yeah, and you have to unlearn it. So it's definitely been a journey of unlearning that. Um, I don't think the aim, I mean, they could be watching me. I don't know what the <laughs> no, we don't know what what the is, but, <laughs> I mean, I don't feel bad about, about face. Yeah, but when you guys were talking about it, I was thinking to myself, and I feel like I haven't changed that much, just uh, except for how I look at it. Like, when I was young, I thought it was very negative, like, I'm not supposed to do it, like, I'm, I'm bad because I'm doing this. Right. And there were very, in every relationship I had, at least every, um, you know, serious, long-term relationship, there was always a time where I didn't want to have sex. Like I felt like this oh, is bad. I need to, we need to stop. And like when we get married, we can do it again because that's what we're supposed to do. It. Mm. And I struggled with that. It was always like I'm celibate. I'm not. I'm celibate. I'm not. Ooh, and um, and then you know it was one relationship. It was short, so and we never went through that. But with Trent, we did it at that as well. But with Trent, it was like you know what? I just feel like this is not how it's supposed to be. And when you say it's I, not how it's supposed to be, what? Like, I didn't feel like I have to wait. Right. And I've expressed this to Chelsea multiple times. I just feel like the Bible is guiding you. I think it's better for everyone to, to wait because when you have sex with someone, it's that you're giving them a piece of yourself. Definitely. So how I like to look at it is how many people do I want to give a piece of me? And how many people do I want my partner to have given a piece of when I marry them? So, and I think it's just about, you know, what you accept. So I think God gives us that guidance because it's easier for us to wait. Like when you get into a relationship, it's like you automatically don't like the people that they've been with before. Why? Because, because they've the experienced, yeah. yeah. So they have a piece of that person. 
and is very unhealthy. So I think that's why the Bible advises that us to eat, but my way of looking at it is like the Bible's like God's advice. So just like Daddy would give me advice, if you, it's a choice. If you want to do it, if you don't, but these are the consequences. Like whatever you do has, like you have to land it. Yeah, there's outcomes of whatever yeah. choice you make. Right. So I think the Bible gives you guidelines. But if I was a virgin and Trent wasn't, I would feel some type of way. Like I'm happy that I lost my virginity before Trent because he wasn't a virgin when I met him. And I was able to accept that easier because I wasn't. It was like being equally yoked. Mm. So I think that for each person it's going to be different. But I don't think that you're condemned like when you have sex. And I think that negative condemnation scars people. Like So how did you work through that in marriage? To be honest, I feel like I'm still working through it. But I just had to read my Bible and learn for myself. And just unlearning what they told me. So there's two things I just want to say. So one, I feel like the church, and I also feel like I bash the church a lot. But anyway. Um, I feel like the church, like the establishment, has done a poor job with sex education. Not just from the don't do it standpoint. They don't actually, well, I haven't experienced, because maybe I just, maybe I just haven't experienced it, but I haven't experienced a spiritual leader talking about how sex is beautiful and pleasurable and you know that they that they like having sex with their wife like you know what i mean I, i've never heard um church food talk about it um and so i think that contributes to that whole feeling even after you're married that you know everything's so hush hush yeah like, yeah. like you can't they talk made about the having, topic of it. Yeah, they made sex like this big taboo thing, and it's a beautiful thing that God created not only to procreate and populate the world, but you know, He made it enjoyable. Yeah, so like it feels good for a reason. So, just I just want to finish this thought. So, like you know, not to get graphic, but there's different like sex positions that are considered more erotic than others, and like. I wonder how Adam and Eve first did like, it. You know, not, not so much how Adam and Eve first did it, because I actually have never thought about that. I didn't until you just Thanks for giving me that visual. You gave it to me first. <laughs> but just like, you know, normalizing sex for pleasure. Like, like can we normalize that? the conversation, period. Yeah, so I guess I would like to take away into like where, where I am in sex now. And so... For me, I know I'm incapable of having casual sex. It's just, it just, it doesn't sit right with my soul, my spirit, nothing. Because for me, sex and marriage, they're one and the same. Like that, when I have sex, that's the expectation of where I want to go with this. Because I just, I value it that much. And I just, me, I can't separate it. So, um, <clears throat> but another, I think, reason why God created sex is because, and this is scientific. There's like a, like a bonding that happens. Mm. So energy exchange, but not just energy exchange. It's like there's a physical like after I think like you've had sex with your spouse for so long, like your body recognizes their sperm and it doesn't want to attack it, and they like your your body actually recognizes it because at first it's a foreign body that mm. your body wants to attack, mm. and your body recognizes it, um, and 
it, it also creates this this actual like emotional bonding where it's meant to bring you guys closer in intimacy to get through harder times. So I it it has the the concept of procreation. It has the concept of like to know somebody. Like to, so I don't think like this person has a piece of me, but did he deserve to know me in mm. that way? Mm. So like for me to allow you to know me in that way is a very intimate thing for me. Mm. And I don't think God created us to to be known. Like there's only one way intimately that I, that God knows me. And I just think like it is such a beautiful experience. And I think each time you make the decision to have that experience, it, it's special, especially when you make the, well, it can be special for when you make the decision, but like to allow someone to know it. So for me, it, it's not casual because for someone to know me that way, that's like a very intimate way right. to know me. No, I agree with that 100%. And so, um, how I view it now is that, like Salida said, I don't think it's wisdom to have sex before marriage um, because I think that there's a lot involved when you do it. I, I think emotions are exchanged, I think bonding happens, I think it's very intimate, and I think. Like the only way I can explain this, like for me, um, every relationship is like a plane. Like a friendship is like me boarding a plane with this person, and say Selena and I are in a friendship, and we go building. Like our plane takes off, and when we finish, I can land my expectations in the friendship airport. Mm. In marriage, for me, um, if especially the activity of sex, you know, your plane takes off, it does all this flip tricks and stuff, and it lands like safely in. The, the marriage, marriage airport mm -hmm. but for me having sex before marriage is not quite friendship it's not the commitment of marriage and so we take off and there's no real place for me to land and i feel like you could be on that journey for a really long time but it's got to land somewhere and sometimes it emotionally crashes <laughs> so, at least in my experience yeah. i mean that's a really good analogy because what it what it's making me think about is the importance of having a personal understanding of what sex means to you before actively participating in it so you know of course for me i'm gonna take the religious or i guess biblical part off um not that i don't agree that there is wisdom i you know i always say that the bible is a very wise book um but when we start to participate in sex before having an understanding of what it means to us, we're kind of like wandering aimlessly. Like we have no direction in why we are participating in it. And that was my experience. Mm -hmm. Like just doing it to do it and it evolved and it changed um, over time. But I like that whole thing about the planes and the terminals because an airport has lots of different terminals. So you can, let's just say, you can be having sex for lots of different reasons right um but the important thing is that everybody who's participating is on the same page and is intending to land in the same terminal or you know what i mean because if one person is participating in sex casually you know um and wants to land in the friendship right and, and then the other person, person trying to land in the marriage or even if it's not marriage because it's not yeah it's like commitment or exclusivity yeah. or whatever mm -hmm. so when you're participating in sex 
without a clear understanding of one, what does this mean to me? What does this mean for me? What are my expectations? Why am I doing this? And then two, understanding what the person you're having sex with, you know, what is their, um, I guess, expectations or their feelings about sex. And I think that's something that because the conversation isn't um, yeah. being had, we we are uncomfortable. Yes, because it's not normalized. Yeah, we're uncomfortable and saying I that. With you because for me, sex is also a form of communicating. Like when I have sex, I am communicating something to you. Me personally, when I have sex, I am communicating the commitment of marriage. I'm saying mm. to you that I am committed to you. I am, I desire you in this way. I value you in this way. Like for me to want to do this with you, I, I am looking at you in that space. Mm. And like if someone is communicating a completely different thing, there is a miscommunication happening if you're not equally of how you value or is that sometimes it's not a miscommunication sometimes there was no communication so you came with your value of sex and that's what you brought to it and he came with his value of sex that's what he brought to it nobody communicated their values you had sex and then you both were expecting something different yeah. from the other person you speaking spanish and him speaking french so like that's it i get what you're saying where it is a way to communicate but if you're speaking a different language, you're not, you're not, you're not doing effective. Yeah, because education happens. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, I think that now as, as you know, a single adult, like I'm a woman, like I'm, I'm about to be 35 years old, um, I have a very clear understanding now of what sex means to me. But it took me a long time and, you know, several different circumstances to get to this place so like i already shared i did have that time you know after being married of a more casual relationship with sex because i wasn't ready to be in a committed you know relationship i had just left that um now i i look at sex as an expression or an extension of of love so I don't want to, at this point in my journey, I don't want to just have casual sex because I know that now I am ready for that committed relationship. I don't think there's anything wrong with it as long as I'm okay. Like if, if I'm in that space, then it's fine. It's nothing wrong with it. But if I'm no longer in that space and participating in casual sex to appease somebody else, you know what I mean? Then... I'm going against my own values and yeah. those are the things that I live by. I don't live by the Bible or the Quran or what you think or what my mama said. I live by what feels good for me and that's fluid. It changes. But if you don't take the time to, like we talked about in the values episode, if you don't take the time to know what you value, if you don't take the time to know why sex is important or what it means to you, you could be participating in it and going against yourself. And that's where I think condemnation and feelings of guilt and all of that come into it because you're going against yourself so for you you um believe in the bible you're a bible commandment keeping christian so if you participate in in sex in a context that is outside of that you're going against your values you know what i mean so you feel guilty i think it's less about now as adults it's less about the church condemning us and it's less about god condemning honestly, us that that's really recent for me less about the church condemning me because a part of it, a part of a big part of the condemnation for me was performance like 
I am not living up to the expectation of what a Christian is supposed to be because I am struggling with quote unquote fornication and so then I must not be as I, actually it was Chelsea you don't love God enough because if you loved God enough you wouldn't be doing something that hurt God and so you need to love God enough and the fact is that I loved God as much as I ever could love God but the way the, in that space I was participating in sex because I for me I didn't want to be rejected I, I felt like rejecting that advance in that way was rejecting my partner and in return and rejecting my partner I will be rejected and I didn't want to experience that there was other reasons why I was not participating in sex but the external condemnation was a real thing especially because my relationship with God at the time was deep in performance it was mm -hmm. deep in if my Christian world don't manifest in this way then I must not love God enough and mm -hmm. if I'm constantly disappointing him then I'm not in good standing but that is completely rubbish it for is. me I just think that that's we only thought that because that's the way that it was presented mm -hmm. to us and that's why I think that how you know sex is presented is so important and it needs to change at least in the church community and I know that that's not the way I'm going to present it for my yeah, children I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with saying that the way God intended and created sex and obedience is in the context of a husband and a wife's uh, a marital covenant. I think that is the safest way to participate in sex because, like I said, for me, sex is communicating the commitment of marriage. And when, for me, when you participate in it outside of marriage, you're communicating those things without the safety and security of the, that commitment. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying like this is God's ideal. This is the the order that He anticipated in. Biblically, God said to Adam to be fruitful and Eve to be fruitful and multiply. So the act of doing that is an act of obedience. And for me, when your heart is willing in obedience, that's an extension of worship. So for me, even sex can be an extension in the context that I believe God created can be an extension of worship. And so. For me personally, if I feel like God can't be invited in every space that I do, then something in it, if, God, if I feel like God can't be present, is not in agreement with. Yeah. That no longer is rooted in condemnation and performance. That is rooted in my heart is in agreement with God and I just love him so much and I want him to be at the center of everything that I'm doing. And if he can't even be in the center of me having sex, then maybe I shouldn't be doing it because I want him to be at the center of everything. Right, I want to add something to that just because like being married, I still felt that way. Yeah. And I think that's just because of how it was introduced to me. Mm -hmm. Because even during marriage, I felt like God can't be in my space if I'm participating in this activity. Because, because sex is made out to be like it's thing. dirty, yeah. even 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 in the context. Yeah, of you know, yeah. like so exactly the way it's presented, it being ideally it being presented as yes, this is the context that God created to be, but it's beautiful. Like God can be in the middle of it. When God's in the middle of it, you're even more emotionally and mentally connected because there's no streams of shame and guilt because honestly God's voice is not guilt or condemnation. God has never had a condemning voice, period. That's the voice of the enemy and that's not your voice either. And so for me, that's where I am now. And if I was to, so I am trying to practice celibacy, that's where I am. But if I was to have sex before marriage, there's no condemnation. It's not an agreement. And this is not in wisdom to me, but there's still no condemnation. And me and God can have a conversation about, okay, what was the decisions and the thought process that led me to make this decision? Was it an agreement? Did I make it in a space of fear or any other 
thought process outside of love and intention. And um, and that's where I am. Like there's no condemnation in Christ. And as God continues to transform my heart, I navigate these kind of conversations with myself and go out much differently and definitely not in a space of condemnation. Yeah, I think so, most importantly, we need to know ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to just like say, because I hope that there's a diverse group of viewers and not everyone is going to be a Christian. Yeah. So I think that, I, I guess th this is where I think my voice is important because if that is not, if you are not ascribing to believe in the Bible, mm -hmm. um, everything you just said isn't for that person or may not be for that person. They may feel that um, I want to wait to have sex um, when I'm married, but it may not be for those reasons. You know what I mean? Um, and so I just think it's important, like what Sweetie just said, is about knowing yourself and knowing what, like what is your expectation of sex? and being true to that because not everyone's gonna have that belief and so and having this belief is not invalid or valid because you don't have the belief yeah no and everyone that belief is not yeah and that, that's the thing that's what i want to that's what i want to emphasize is that whatever whatever you believe and or if you when it comes to a faith thing if you believe nothing it's still important to know how you feel about mm -hmm. sex from a from an emotional perspective, and it's okay to talk about it. Yeah, because the physical side of sex is the easy part. That's easy. Pooping yeah. legs, you have sex. Like that's that's. It's the emotional part. Fundamentally, yeah. that's easy. It's and the honestly, emotional part. I think that's why I don't think teenagers should be participating in sex because I don't think we have the emotional capacity at that age to understand the gravity of the emotional connection that takes place. I don't even think it's just teenagers. I think that that um, people, period, at different yeah. junctures. Like you can be a teenager and be incredibly wise and mature, mm -hmm. and you can be forty and and be emotionally um, unstable. Yeah. yeah. So I I don't think it's necessarily it's an age. I do. Yeah, I do think it's important that we encourage young people to be intentional yeah. about having mm -hmm. sex. Like I'm more realistic. I have sons, so I don't expect that they're going to wait until they're emotionally but if you mature. Think about, like, if you think about but I want them to be... came to place before education and going to college, some people would get married at 16. So, yeah. And we start to develop these feelings. I think our body, tell, yeah, yeah. our body tells us when we are going to start to have this sexual desire. So I think it's more so maybe not about age, but exposure and education and how the conversation is heard. Um, because I think all of those factor the way someone is um, mentally equipped. I think it has, and we just talked about mental health. Right. I think your mental state has to be ready for it. Because and it could be a roller coaster. It can... I got so I'm so much more of like a realist. I I just think that there's gonna be situations and times where people are gonna have sex and they weren't oh, for ready. Sure. And I so I think times. I think it's more important for people, parents, you know, whoever, to create safe spaces so that when a young person does participate, they have a safe space 
to be open about it and learn and share I think it's their a combination feelings. of both. I don't mm-hmm. think it's not real or realistic to, to say these are the tools that we can have for preventative. Oh, yes, definitely. But what I'm saying is I, I don't want, well, maybe I'm talking from my experience. My experience was very prevention. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And I didn't feel safe yeah, to, to come and talk that I did. Yeah, I so I think that for me, I would want a more realistic approach of, listen, boys, like, I would prefer that you wait until whatever, mm-hmm. I'm going to say, because I don't know yet because they ain't that old yet. I haven't had to have that conversation yet. Um, but um, I also want them to know that if they have questions, come and talk to me. If you've done it, come and talk to me. Like, because I think a lot of damage is done in that space of not having a safe place to right. go. But I think but everything you just said will kind of help prepare them mentally so that they can be emotionally ready for what comes after sex. Because yeah. a lot of people don't talk about no. that. And I'll say the foundation of that safe space is created outside of the conversation, conversation of, of sex. sex. Are they safe to come tell you that they lied or mm-hmm. that they made a mistake yeah. without mm-hmm. being penalized, punished, or made to be feared? Mm-hmm. So that preparation of safety happens way before. Yeah, that's good. And that's, that could be a whole, that could be a whole parenting episode yeah. because that is important. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very important. But I guess as we try to wrap up, you know, um, I think, I hope we articulated that sex is obviously very, very personal and you're going to do it for different yeah, reasons. reasons. But one, I think, for me, if I could go back, I would have wanted to feel more empowered in that decision and to know that I was making that decision for me, not to please somebody else. I definitely um, would have wanted to feel less dirty about it after it was done. Um, and I think that conversations like this, if they're had normally and often, um, we could break some of those, I guess, unfortunate situations where girls especially, because none of us can speak from any other perspective, but where women feel, you know, dirty or bad or um, condemned or, cause, cause boys don't, they don't seem to be condemned like for having sex, you know? I think I'm slightly different from you because I feel like when I chose to, I may not have been ready yet, but I knew I loved the person, so I loved them. But like, but he was being teased. Right. So he was a year older than me. He was going 17. So he definitely didn't feel guilty afterwards. He was like, yes, I could finally say that I have had sex. People would stop teasing me about right. it. Um, but even that, like creating a space where if a person chooses that they're not going to have sex, they're not getting teased. Like, it's such a deeply personal thing that there shouldn't be the expectation to do it or not to do it. There should be the expectation that an individual is going to explore this and make a decision that works for them and is best for them. Sorry, I caught you. I'm sorry. No, I was just saying that for me, yeah, I... I did it out of a of a love, but I probably would have waited if he wasn't getting teased. Right. Yeah. Got you. So anyway, yes, we was wrapping up. Yeah. So is there? If I had to share 
anything with anybody about this topic i think one thing that i've learned is only do it if you want to and know why you want to do it because i don't think it's it's an activity that you can do or participate in for any other reason like you shouldn't do it out of pressure like because your spouse wants it it's like I, you have to know why you want to do it and you have to make the decision to do it because you want to and your why and everyone's why may be different and I think that just makes a really a big difference in how you interact with that space because it is one of those things that has a great impact on your mental wellness and um, I think you just have to be really intentional about it. No, I agree. I think we all agree on that. We definitely all agree on being intentional. Um, I also, I just want to add, just just to keep it real, like, that sex is to be enjoyed. You know what I mean? And if you're not enjoying it, whether it's physically or emotionally, because you could be not enjoying it emotionally, right? Um, stop and, like, assess. Why am I doing this if I'm not enjoying it i don't think that sex should be a chore or obligation. an obligation it's 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 supposed to be a An beautiful experience, experience even you, if you're married yeah when you, even if you're married you know it shouldn't be an obligation yeah, if you your husband's tapping you on the shoulder and you're really tired i'm tired <laughs> <laughs> i have sex when i want to <laughs> but yeah i just think that you know each of us has to really um understand your why yeah, I feel like that. And sometimes it comes through exploration. I wish, you know, people would stop making everything seem like it's it's a cookie cutter way. Like sometimes you have to explore it to know why. Sometimes some lessons are learned through experience. Some things, some wisdom is gained through experience. And so if that's your journey, then like that was my journey. You know, that's okay. Also, just wanted to add on that. And I think this is where the church has failed because if they had open conversations about this and if parents, because like your parents weren't open about the experiences that they might have had at home, like we don't, it's a shame that a lot of us have to learn their experience because we, we don't have the opportunity to learn from, from, others. from asking and having conversations. Mm -hmm. But it goes both ways too, and I just thought of this, and I just want to mention it. Because you have us, we grew up in the church very much, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. But what about the person who grew up in a home where it um, was the normal. parents, maybe the mom and dad is split up and both houses just had different people coming in and out. You know, you this have, is true. And they're like, oh yeah, sex doesn't mean anything. So then you have the person who may be brought up like, oh, sex doesn't mean anything. I'm having sex with Tom, Dick, and Harry or whatever. And then, and then they, they have to unlearn that. Or ho, yeah. And they have to deal with that mental and emotional stress and trauma. Mm -hmm. So it can definitely go both ways. And for, to that person, you know, don't let that define you because you have to unlearn your trauma too. Yeah, and I'm so glad you brought and, that up. Sorry. Also, we... Something that I've just got has really manifested in my life. I am not the things I do. Mm -hmm. You know, there's something that I might have done, but that is not my identifiers. You can always, I don't, I don't know how. Like, I just think it's important that you, you're not what you do. Mm. Think your habits can always be, and your reasons and your whys can always be explored and and you can change your mind. Change. Yeah. 
And so you are never stuck for what you've done. There's Don't let open. your past define who you are today. Yes. And I like that you brought up the other side, the flip side, because, you know, even though our experiences were different, it was similar in the sense that we didn't experience um, like That's sex like, uh, being like just nonchalant, like, you know what I mean? Um, and so that's why I think it's even more important that that this conversation is something that's had where people get to figure out, well, what does it mean to me? Mm -hmm. You know, because, you know, my parents have been married for 57 years. You know what I mean? Um, what I experienced about intimacy and learned from them is not the everyday situation. Not everybody is married for 50 something years, you know? all of their children got married and divorced. You know what I mean? So our children now are having a different experience. And so like everyone's experience and introduction and exposure to sex is going to be different. Um, and so this whole like idea of if you have sex with, I don't even want to say a number because I don't even want to participate in that conversation. But if you have sex with this many people, you know, you're loose or you're a hoe or, you know, whatever. Or you're, what do they call guys? Like, you're a player, you know, like, there's other words that are not friendly for your granny to her. So I would um, say them. But, you know, all these things that society kind of pushes out there is based on singular narratives that aren't true for every person yeah. you know and so that's why this whole thing about exploring what sex means to you is super important and, and i sometimes i wish i would have explored it or understood it earlier um there's definitely some experiences that i probably would have avoided um had i taken that time to explore but i don't regret it because it brought me here to this place of really feeling empowered in my decisions about when I want to have sex, why I'm going to have sex, who I'm going to have sex with. Like, I feel like I have full control and autonomy and I'm the only one who can judge and determine whether the decision I made was right for me or not. Like, mm -hmm. I finally shed all that other stuff, you know? Um, yeah, so I think, I think it's a really awesome space to just really uh, self-seek your why and know yourself. know yourself and have your value not rooted in how many people or just anything like that, that activity at all because yeah. your value actually has nothing to do with yeah and i guess i would just close by encouraging people to practice safe sex not just in the physical sense but in the emotional yeah. and spiritual mm -hmm. and mental sense of of ensuring that you're doing it in a manner that is safe and doesn't cause you harm in any way. For you and for your way. partner. For you and for your partner. Yeah. Right. I think that was a good conversation. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, kind of at all over the place, but it was good. Yeah. Thanks for stirring the pot with us. We definitely stirred it today. Yeah, we Still did. It. <laughs> and we'll be back soon. They left me here. Bye, guys. <laughs>